in the, just to baseline us sure. in the sort of FromSoft oeuvre, now a couple months removed from Elden Ring, where does everybody kind of place this game amongst the Elden Ring, or, or pardon me, the, the FromSoft titles? Like, do we feel like this is the best one? Is it top five? Where, where were y'all at? Uh, well, I mean, it's a big question. They, they all have their their strengths. But for me, it is uh, the pinnacle of what they've done so far. Um, I I have been enjoying from some, not, I guess, from the beginning, because they have a surprisingly long history. Um, but certainly from uh, the Demon Souls days is when I got on board, because the prospect of a, playing a video game that hates me Almost as much as I sometimes hate myself, you know, I was like, that's every masochist dream. Um, I love to be punished by by a video game uh, and everything I was reading but Demon's Soul suggested it would fit the bill and it sure did. And I've been sort of hooked on them ever since. Um, but Elden Ring, I think for its scale, its majesty, it's the variety of, of the, the world and, and really just how it's structured. I mean, the, it's a non-linear adventure. It's the first sort of quote-unquote open world game. But at the same time, I felt like as uh, as you get towards the end, certainly as you get towards uh, Leyendel, the royal city, and then you sort of get funneled towards the end game from there, I was really feeling the sweep and the build and the scale of this game in an even greater way than I had from something like Dark Souls with its very contiguous world design or, um, you know, any of the other games that they had made. And by the time you get to the frost giant or the fire giant, whatever he's called, it's been a minute. Um, <laughs> I, I was just sort of awed by the uh, by just the, how, how mythic and large this journey had become, given how uh, freeform it was at the start and for so long. And so for that reason, um, as much as anything else, I think it's my favorite of their their games so far. And it turns, uh, it, you know, judging by its it's to me somewhat surprising popularity. I guess I'm not alone. I mean, this has always been. These kind of games always felt to me like they were kind of a niche thing, like something that I just sort of tortured myself with, uh, you know, privately and would talk to my friends about and and the faceless people you would encounter in the online, you know, interactive part of the game. Um, but uh, it, it's it's been kind of validating in a way to see without them selling out in a way, without them compromising the formula of what makes these games great, mm-hmm. that they've achieved such remarkable popularity. It's like your favorite band making, you know, becoming world famous after, you know, seeing them on, on more of an indie level without having to change their sound or if anything, get more sort of esoteric. Um, it's been an interesting journey. I'm curious how you guys feel about it. Well, I guess, the, and Fred, I want to throw to you now because mm-hmm. of, of the three of us, I think you are the one that is most deep in the FromSoft kind of space. But I guess that was sort of my question is like, does this feel like your favorite indie band not selling out or does the sort of like demurring to, you know, we're, we're going to make an open world game. Maybe we're going to soften up certain hard corners to make it more accessible to a general audience. Like you as a guy who played all the Dark Souls games, do you feel like this is a like do you feel like there were any compromises here i guess is the question because this is definitely the most like broad market appeal from soft game and i'm wondering if you feel like there was any sort of yeah um, con- concession to make that so happen i i never thought of it the way that david described it but now that he said it it's kind of the perfect fit um 
I got into FromSoft kind of late. I started with Dark Souls 3, um, slammed my head against the wall for a while until I beat Gundyr for the first time, and then I was like, oh, I get it. Mm. Um, and then uh, for in Dark Souls 3, you couldn't level up until you beat the first boss. Like You had to beat that boss before you got to a point where you could level up. And right. I think that that was the switch that Elden Ring made that really opened up the floodgates to the rest of the public, I think. Mm. Um, and uh, David, I, everyone else here knows this, but a fun game I used I to was do. was going to say, yeah, get into this. Go a, ahead. A fun game I used to do is say, I would give you a hundred, like I would have people over and I said, I'd give you a hundred dollars if you can beat this boss, with the first boss of this game without dying. Mm. And I, would I just watched throw- many, many people fall for this, by the I way. I mean, you mean like the boss in the tutorial level that you're supposed to be killed by? N- not on Elden Ring, on Dark Souls 3. Oh, sure. <laughs> and yeah. so it, they- it was very upsetting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went into this going, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I get it. You, you dodge, then you hit them when they're going the wrong way. I can handle this. I know what's up with a FromSoft and... Yeah. and I watched Fred take many dollars from many fools. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's good money if you can get it. It's funny, I mean, because I, I, even after all these years of playing FromSoft games and beating Elden Ring and a couple of the other ones, I still feel like I don't actually understand the way that I'm supposed to behave in combat. Like, that I'm using the mechanics the way that they want me to use them, um, you know, and I see these crazy videos on on YouTube that have been ported over from Twitch, which is a whole world I don't really understand. And I'm just like, what sort of witchcraft and sorcery is this? Um, I, I just sort of use my knight and I'm dodging and striking and being very clumsy about it for the most part. Um, but uh, I still feel after all these years like I'm sort of uh, uh, an amateur. Oh, well, absolutely. I, yeah. I don't know if I could parry to save my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> this was so I, I, kind of a weird worlds collide story. And then I'll throw it to Jack. Um, so the first FromSoft game I really got into was Sekiro. Hmm. And I kind of ran into this thing that I am sort of interested in us exploring if we have the time, which is like the weird social pressures of playing a FromSoft game, which was like, I'm bad at video games and i knew that i was just like banging my head (laughs) into this wall over and over of trying to beat this bull and i was in fact listening to a a, to a fighting on the war room podcast where mr david ehrlich spoke about fighting madam butterfly sure and and i was just like oh maybe i'm just bad at video games i don't know maybe i can't play sekiro like everybody's kind of outpacing me on this maybe i just need to move on and I feel like Elden Ring is the first of those games that sort of gives you the room to breathe and like say, okay, if I'm if I'm just bashing my head against this particular wall a thousand times, you know, I can go over here to the to the peninsula or whatever and and mess around with with this total side mission that has no consequences, but it'll help me kind of level up a little bit and like quote unquote get good. To the point that I can come back around and beat this it's, boss it's The later. social pressure element of it is interesting to hear you talk about because I, I don't – I have friends that play video games, but I don't really tend to talk about video games all that much with them. Um, mm. I, I think of Elden Ring and the FromSoft games uh, uh, similar to like golf, which is not a game that I play. But I just <laughs> yeah, mean in no, the abstract. This is great, this that is it's really analogy. like me against myself um, and yeah. that I, I don't – I, I don't feel like I'm in a race with anybody else. I don't feel like there's any sort of um, 
I mean, like I have friends who play it and, and invariably I find that they are much further along with me with it, despite whatever sort of social or, or family obligations they may have. Um, but I don't know. I feel like there's something so punishing about it and so cathartic about any progress that you make that it, it takes away the social component for me and makes it really just about conquering my own frustrations, my own mental blocks, my own like I'm just going to dodge and parry. But then like after banging your head into a wall for so long, realizing that, oh, if I just try a slightly different approach, suddenly this boss becomes much easier. Even if you read about that approach online and it feels like, I guess, sort of like a golf swing, like having to hold the club in a different way, which feels so alien to you. But, uh, you know, as someone who has a lot of trouble breaking through the way that they think about things and do things in real life, it, it can be really rewarding to, to approach a puzzle-like boss in, in sort of a different way. Um, and that reward is really only between me and myself. So I, I, but I have read and heard about people who feel around FromSoft in the video game community a real social anxiety to, to play them and, and no, succeed. No, I, I, I love the way you just broke that down. I mean, specifically because one, I have I have tried to spend some time on this show talking about my own kind of like mental health journey and one of the things that i've had a hard time with is like these games that make me feel so anxious that i'm like oh no i'm doing a bad job but like at the same time jack and i and jack and the test of this have been playing more golf and like that's a mm-hmm. thing that i can just be like oh yeah whatever I'm, I'm just trying to get better at it and thinking about like getting my ass kicked by radon or whatever as the same thing as like just shanking a drive. I feel like that could actually really help me engage with the game in a better way. See, but ironically, I get inc- incredibly competitive playing Mario Golf, <laughs> uh, which my friends and I have been doing on the same GameCube uh, since since Mario Golf came out. Um, but that's a different story. That's fantastic. That Italian part that brings the worst out in everyone. I think. Yeah. No, I I 100 agree. But Jack, can you talk to us a little bit just about I mean, FromSoft as a company is known for these incredible boss battles. And I I thought maybe you could give us a high-level overview of kind of what's going on in Elden Ring and what makes some of the, you know, I don't need a deep dive on everybody, but what makes some of the boss fights so great. Uh, sure. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right, so... We, we talked earlier about the combat system in the game, and um, it is kind of the main appeal. And so as a result, a, a lot large focus is put on the actual bosses in the game as they're the biggest combat encounters that you have. And I think sort of over the course of the series of these games, there has been a, a general escalation in the drama behind a lot of these bosses uh, as each one sort of... Mm has a an unspoken job to one-up everything that's come before it. Um, right. So that, the first boss that you fight in this game uh, rips the head of a dragon off and sticks it on his own arm and uses it to breathe fire on you. And that's, the, that's like your introduction. Which is, which is cool. It's a cool move. It's not, no one's yeah. saying it's not intimidating. <laughs> but like I said, things really only escalate from there. Um there's sort of, as you play more of the games, you notice patterns. Like, FromSoft really likes this idea of a boss that has a lot of other enemies that you fight at the same time. 
that's shown up in a lot of forms in a lot of different games. In this one, uh, it's maybe the most generous, where you sort of are fighting both simultaneously and just have to deal with this large pool of enemies while you try to actually fight the boss at the same time. Um, this game features... Right, the uh, the uh, Ponyo Moon Witches. Yes, that's the, the one. Baby fishes in the pond. Yes. Uh, it also has my favorite combat encounter so far, which is sort of... I like because it's designed to go against a lot of players' instincts to do all of these bosses entirely on their own. I think we all have talked before about uh, the Redon mm, fight yeah. and how it's really yep. sort of yeah. intended as a large group fight, like you're in a part of a larger force that's taking on this enormous enemy. Um, but mm-hmm. as we mentioned, you can certainly find videos online of people doing the fight all on their own and not taking any damage. So, you know. Yeah, Some Fred's been. Fred has. And we should call it out. Fred <laughs> has had quite a prolific career online, wearing a pot on his head and letting people <laughs> allow him to solo millennia. And we have, you know, we've been impressed by that. He's he's got some pickup. Fred, way to go on soloing her. <laughs> to be honest. Uh... <laughs> to be honest in this game specifically i don't love all of the bosses or rather i don't love the um lack of variety of bosses we might talk about it a little more later Mm. but i feel like this game more than any other has a lot of repeated bosses where in in many different forms where there are some that there's just more than one of them and then there are some where you can like weirdly just fight them twice for spirity reasons yeah I definitely and that's not thought, even mentioning bosses Fred, that are I, like re- and enemies that are recycled from old games, but that's more forgettable. 